0: I am back with my very first podcast of 2023. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted to talk about. You know, there's just so much to choose from these days, and we're not even done with January yet. There was the dysfunction we got to witness while the GOP tried to elect a speaker. That was a circus. And then there was Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, that was released. Supposedly, it's part of a four-book deal with Penguin Random House for $40 million. So I don't even know what to say about that, except that it is not on my list of must-reads. And I've about had my fill of Harry and Meghan. There was also gas stoves, a whole issue around that. Apparently, they may be a hazard to your health, And clearly, whoever came up with that research has not had to cook on an electric stove lately, which also could be construed as being a hazard to your health. And then apparently, the Missouri state lawmakers, they find that the most pressing issue of their time is to update the dress code, mandating that women must cover their arms when in the house. You know, you just can't make this stuff up. Now, keep in mind, that I learned all of this without the use of Twitter, which I have now been off of for more than two months. And really, only occasionally do I miss it. Not only has that kept my screen time down, and it's made me much more productive, I still managed to score 100% on the New York Times weekly uh, news quiz last week. I was very proud of myself. But another thing that has been in the news lately is layoffs people are losing their jobs, which I have decided will be the subject of today's podcast. What to do if or when you get fired. Because you know what? Sooner or later, it happens to the best of us. Now, this is a subject I know, well, more than a little bit about. But laid off, downsized out of your job, fired, call it what you like. It's all the same thing. One day you have a job and a paycheck to go with it. And the next day, the alarm goes off at 6 a.m. and you have nowhere to go. I have been there more than once. The first time was when I was living in Washington, D.C. I knew it was coming, but I still panicked when it happened. Actually, first I shut the door to my office. I called a friend, I cried, and then I panicked. I was embarrassed. Things like this did not happen to people like me. I was the perfect daughter, the A student. I was well-liked by my staff and peers. You know, until then, I had been a rising star at my company. I didn't get into trouble. I did all the right things. But you know, it didn't matter. That experience taught me that you could be all those things and still be a company casualty. Sometimes it's because the person above you is not doing their job very well, and using you as a scapegoat. Sometimes it's because the company's not doing well, in which case they have a va- valid reason to let you go. And sometimes it's because the company is doing well, but they want to do better for their shareholders. They need to cut corners and you are the collateral damage. You know, they used to call getting fired, getting a pink slip, It's an old phrase, and it dates back to a time when companies would let people go from their jobs by slipping a little pink notice into their paychecks. Now, for those of you who are very young listening to this, there was a time when you actually got a hard check on payday. It was long before things like automatic deposit became a thing. The first time for me, it was a meeting. I was handed a whole pink folder, not just a pink slip, a whole pink folder. It was filled with all sorts of documents that they wanted me to sign on this spot. And which I refused to do, even though I was upset. I was still of sound mind and body. And I refused to do that until I had someone with legal expertise telling me what I was signing. And I would advise you to do the same thing. These days, it's an email if you're lucky. Goldman Sachs just laid off 3,000 employees. Supposedly, they emailed all those people calendar invites to a, quote, meeting that turned out to be a mass group firing. I mean, you can't make this stuff up anymore. So, yes, sooner or later, it happens to the best of us. You're more likely than not to one day find yourself on the receiving end of a termination notice. You could be listening to this, and that could very well be the reason why you're listening to this, because you just got one. You know, in the current climate, layoffs seem to be quite fashionable. TechCrunch apparently is keeping a running list of layoffs in the tech sector. Crypto.com is laying off 20% of its workforce, and so is Coinbase. Coinbase. And then let's not forget Elon Musk, who let go 50% of Twitter's workforce within days of acquiring the company. He's laid off more since. And by the time you read this, there will likely be more layoffs for more companies to add to the list. All this at the same time that unemployment was down to 3.5% in the U.S. as of December 2022. So there's a lot of viewpoints from people like Scott Galloway, who I will put a link into to his uh, podcast, which happened to touch on this subject this week, who are much more qualified than I am to explain that differential. That's not the point of this post. The point here is to offer advice from someone who's been at the receiving end of losing her job more than once. Hopefully advice that will be helpful to you if you're in that situation or if you find yourself in that situation one day. And that person is me. So here goes. So the first thing you have to do, I cannot stress this enough, is to take a minute to grieve the loss. This is a big deal. Even if you hated your job and you secretly hoped this was going to happen, it was still your livelihood. Give yourself some time to mourn the end of this relationship, because that's what it was. You know How much time you give yourself to grieve? That's going to differ depending on your own personal financial situation, who's dependent on you, and whether or not you were given any severance to tide you over. If you can only afford 24 hours, so be it. If you can afford a whole year, well, you know, lucky you. Whatever it is, set the timer and then get to the business of mourning your loss. Get out the black clothes and cover yourself in ashes if necessary. You can be as dramatic as you like. Listen to your favorite sad music. could write a hate letter to the company. Just make sure to toss it into the fireplace if that helps to release your angst. Don't post it on social media. I realize we are living in a tell-all world. I'm going to go back to Prince Harry and the Spare but I prefer to go with Patty Davis's advice, who was the daughter of of Ronald Reagan, a former president. And remember, not every truth has to be told to the entire world. That's her quotes, in quote, not every truth has to be told to the entire world. Give yourself some time to think and process before you burn all your bridges. Have a lot of regrets and make yourself unemployable. But still, remember to mourn. My second piece of advice is to take a pause before you start interviewing. There's no surer way not to get a job than when you're still seething over the fact that you just got fired. Before you sit in front of a potential new employer, it's wise to get clear on what you want to do next. Maybe it won't be another job doing the same thing. Maybe it will. Maybe this was the universe telling you it's time for a change. The first time it happened to me, I was lucky. My phone started ringing with job offers as soon as word got out. It was all very flattering, and it was hard for me to say I wasn't ready to even talk about new opportunities. But I'm so glad that's what I said. The truth was, I didn't like living in Washington. In the end, I decided to leave and move back to my hometown of New York. Now, there will be a host of people suggesting Get out there right away. Don't even press pause, but don't listen to them. My third piece of advice is to practice self-care. I know the word gets overused these days like so many things in a lexicon, but practice self-care. Exercise. Go to the gym. Play tennis if that's your thing. Golf, whatever your sport might happen to be. If you don't have a sport, just go take a walk in the park every day. Eat healthy. Make sure you take a shower every day and you get dressed and get out of the house. It's, hard, it's easy to stay in your pajamas, especially if you're in your morning phase. It's no secret I like my martinis. I, my podcast has the martini name in it. But avoid excessive alcohol. Remember, this is a loss. And imbibing too much is only going to make you feel worse. My fourth piece of advice is to use this time to reflect. This is not the end of your story. It's the beginning of a new chapter that you are about to write. The first time I lost my job was the first time I became acquainted with Julia Cameron and her legendary book, The Artist's Way. And the concept in there, in The Artist's Way, is one of morning pages as a way to journal. Every morning you sit down, you write three pages, of just whatever's on your mind with no purpose. You don't show them to anyone but yourself. That process helped me to get clear on what I wanted next, which turned out to be a pivot from radio to television advertising and that move to New York. Morning pages is a practice I continue to this day. My fifth piece of advice is to get clear on your personal brand story. Now, in today's digitally connected world, we're all brands, whether we like that terminology or not. You know what your story has been to date. What do you want the next chapter to look like? You know, you're not going to get there without some reflection and vision. My workbook, Getting Your Personal Brand Story Straight, has been helpful to many people. Maybe for you, I'll make sure that I have a link in the show notes. My fifth piece of advice is to do a renovation on your LinkedIn profile. Now, hopefully you've been active on it all along and that profile's not too dusty, but you're going to need to rearrange the furniture and spruce things up. When you're ready and when you have an idea of what you want next to look like, you're going to have to take a good hard look at that profile and see if it's telling the story about you that you just got clear on, where you want to go next. Now, many people are going to tell you, start with your resume, get that resume in order, and you have to do that. But I say, start with LinkedIn. Resumes are a necessary evil, but most of them wind up uploaded to a portal and scanned for keywords. And if you're lucky, the algorithms pull you to the top of the list. LinkedIn gives you a much more active role to play and a platform to showcase the whole picture of who you are. It's often the first touchpoint a potential new employer has as to who you are. Number six, avoid negative people. In case you hadn't noticed, there are a lot of people out there who are insistent on telling you that the sky is falling and you're better unscared because there is just no way ever you're going to get a job again with things, quote, the way they are. They'll say you're too old. They'll say you're too inexperienced. They might even say you're too experienced. They prefer to see the whole while others see the donut. I'm a donut kind of girl. But stay clear of these types. You know, you will get another job, but not with that kind of negative energy surrounding you. And my last piece of advice is to keep your sense of humor. You know, remember to laugh. You lost your job, but you did not lose your life. Watch funny movies. Find a Netflix comedy special that you like. Monitor your time with the news. It's too depressing these days to get too caught up in it. There is no doubt that things might be tough for a while. But you will get through it, if you believe you will. In fact, you may do more than just get through it. This could be a whole new opportunity. You know, after that first time I was fired and I was settled in my new job, in my new city, a colleague called me up and told me that I should call up the person who fired me and thank them. He pointed out how much better my life was now and how much happier I was. And, you know, he was right about that part, not about thanking them. I never did that part. That wasn't going to happen. But he was right about how it all turned out okay. What at the time had been a devastating event turned out to be just the kick from the universe that I needed to make my life better. And it also made the next time it happened a lot easier to handle. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note, info at joannetombracus.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.